This is Radio Trivia, episode uh, uh, 157, yes, yes, which uh, is, what is it, uh, September already, my God. Uh, If there are some sleepy voices on the podcast, it's because we have two daddies on. Uh, Neil Ronahan, I don't think we've talked really since since the big event, so first off, congratulations. Yeah, uh, E3 was tough this year, I had a week old during it um <laughs> uh i i had it planned he, uh my son was supposed to arrive in july um and and he decided no now every uh if you plan on covering e3 dad um you're gonna have to contend with my birthday which which that's totally fine baby baby trumps video games we're dealing with babies okay i've, I've learned that already in the three months of fatherhood yeah, you gotta sneak in the, like the the thing you can easily put down every ten seconds if you're gonna yeah. play something. Yeah, I'm actually. And that's uh, tough. Yeah, that's I tough have, to play. <laughs> I got Dragon Quest Eleven um, as we're recording this. Uh, it came out on PlayStation Four uh, yesterday, and that is a pretty good game to play while holding a child. So, hopefully, hopefully that'll stick. Cool. I think I was doing like Mario Maker one. When Isaac was about that age. So yeah, when you when you have a baby early, um, sometimes you gotta stay in the, the intensive care unit, the neonatal intensive care unit. So he was there for three weeks, um, and I did get a little bit of paternity time off, um, but that pretty much aligned with Octopath Traveler, which actually kind of worked out because once again, really good game to play while ha- holding a baby in your arms. Played a lot of Octopath one-handed. So, so you have an octo baby then. Yep. Yep. Very good. Well, it's a usual lineup here. We got five games. Uh, Neil knows, I think, one of them. Uh, he requested a few, but I only had time to pick one of them. Oh, that's fine. Um, should get your request in earlier, Neil. Um, you know what? The, the baby thing. The baby. <laughs> I'm not the as baby. responsive. The baby. The baby. The baby. <laughs> Babies cry. Thank you. 
this game is this is this is the one i picked so it's all downhill from here for me Neil, why don't you read the question for us? It's your question, after all. What light gun game did this game's heroes also appear in?
Okay. Well, you don't need to guess what game this is, uh, Neil, because you already know it. But uh, why don't you reveal <laughs> the game? It is Toe Jam and Earl, which was on Wii Virtual Console. So even though it was a Sega Genesis game and pretty much has been a... a it has a weird history because it, it has pretty much been a Sega series. But now, uh, later this year, there will be a Toe Jam and Earl game coming out from one of the original developers, completely unrelated to Sega. Uh, but yeah, Toe Jam and Earl wow. is 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 a a weird game that I'm actually part of the reason why I I uh, I wanted to see this game on Radio Trivia. One, I think the music's really fun and memorable. Uh, it has been a very long time since I played Toe Jam and Earl. I played it a lot. My cousin, when I was younger, had a Sega Genesis and had Toe Jam and Earl, and I played a ton of it then and didn't really understand it, but still play a lot of it. It was weird to me that, like, when you lost, you would start over, and then the world would be completely randomized, and you'd start back at the beginning. Uh, which, at the time, I had no idea what a roguelike was, but that's basically what Toe Jam and, Toe Jam and Earl was in, like, 1991. Um, I, I'd say it was uh, ahead of its time, except, I guess, Rogue is a very old game, so... It, yeah. But, I mean, it, it certainly had a resurgence and popularity fairly recently. Yeah. So, it, it, I don't know. I've never played this game. It's never really appealed to me. I don't really like randomly generated stuff. Uh, this game sort of seems trippy, though. Um, yeah. And, and it has co-op, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, it would kind of go like, if memory serves me correctly, it, kind of like the Lego games, where like you could be, like you would be on the same screen, and then if you got farther away, it would go to split screen. Um, that's and, gotta be pretty pioneering. Yeah, like that's that's the thing is that like it's a it's a crazy ahead of its time game, and I'm super curious to see how the 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 new game, uh, Toe Jam and Earl Back in the Groove, which is coming out. I think the last thing that they said was like November ish. Um, but what I know that is that coming out on? It is it is coming out on Switch as well as there a bunch of other consoles. So it all it all comes back around. Um, and I'm actually uh, waiting to hear back from the developer. I'm working on uh, like a, a text and video feature um, about the the aspect that kind of makes me so interested in it now, which is it was a this game started off as a roguelike in the early '90s at a time when no one was doing that, and a new version that harkens back to that original game is coming out in a time when probably eight roguelikes come out a week on Switch. <laughs> Um, and that's just that's just fascinating to me because what what kind of happened with the series is that the first one came out, I think it did okay sales wise. Uh, don't quote me on that, but it, it did well enough that they made a sequel. Um, but the sequel was just a side-scrolling platformer and didn't like completely did away with the roguelike elements. And then there was an Xbox game that I that I never played, um, and then it's kind of languished. But I think. I think it might be like there were like two original developers, uh, Greg Johnson and Mark Vorsanger, and I believe Greg Johnson either always had the rights or got the rights back from Sega, and that's why he's making Back in the Groove now. Cool. Um, well, I, I cannot endorse this game, but it's certainly worth <laughs> at least looking at some screenshots, watching a little video because it, yeah. it really. I mean, I don't think there's anything quite like it. It's just kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, there's stuff where it's, like, there's, like, hula dancers that you walk by, and the whole goal is that, like, you're trying to put together your spaceship, but it's, like, this weird, like, f 
funky Americana vibe to it, and it's it's just it's a weird game. I'm I'm I mean I'm using this a little bit to plug future content, but I'm looking forward to uh, rolling up my hands and revisiting this the original game, which which I which I plan on doing as I as I put this feature together, and then I'm really curious to see how the new game comes out. So the uh, I don't think we answered the the hint question. Uh, the, this ties into another vague memory. Um, it is a game that I absolutely cannot vouch for, and the light gun game that this was tied to is Ready Aim Tomatoes, which was a part of the Sega Genesis Menacer, which was basically their... I think it was like their direct response to the Super Scope. Um, I don't know which came first. I want to say the Super Scope probably did, because that's that, that seems like a Sega move, would be to be like, uh, they Nintendo put this out in Japan, put it out right now in America. Um, and the Menacer came with a six-game cartridge. One of them was Ready Aim Tomatoes, which had ToeJam shooting tomatoes at, like, aliens and enemies from ToeJam Mineral. Um, I think one of my brother's friends had this game and the Menacer, because I have memories of playing it, but I've never owned it, nor do those memories, like... Those memories are easily 25 years old. Like, <laughs> I didn't realize the Genesis had a light gun. That's I. It was one of those things that, like, when I was in high school, I looked it up because I'm like, I remember playing a light gun game with Toe Jam Mineral in it, and like had like could was talking to friends. No one had any idea what I was talking about until finally I went on Wikipedia or whatever back in like the early 2000s, and then was like, oh, okay, no, I I didn't make that up. That did happen. <laughs> All right. Well, that is Toe Jam Mineral. The composer was John Baker. For those curious, I wonder if they're bringing him back for the new one. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's still got the same style, which which I'm a fan of that style. Thank you. 
I have no idea what that game is, but I like that music. That's that's all I got. Sorry, there's a baby crying in the background. Oh, that's fine. I, I can't hear it at all, so there's that.
that song. It's it's very calming, but it has a nice bass to it. I like both of those songs a lot. I still have no idea what this game is, so so maybe that hint question can give ah, me a yeah. chance. So here's the hint question. Um, what was the name of this standalone demo used to advertise this game before its original release? Hmm... Thank you. 
That is a fun song. So, well, Neil, do you have any idea what game this is? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny because this was a game. Or, I am ninety nine point nine percent sure that, that my dad brain is not going to uh, make a make a butt out of me right now. Um, I actually reviewed this game like a couple weeks ago. Uh, this is Carol Blaster. It sure is. Yeah, and I feel I feel really stupid for not remembering the first two songs because. Yeah, like I, I really like the music in this game. It was very it reminded me a lot of uh, of Cave Story, which is uh, from the same developer. I, I would imagine composer. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, does this pixel, pixel do his? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, the, like the the music to this game and Cave Story just has this very fun bouncy quality to it that that I really enjoy. And that that last song is super evocative of of what I like a lot about the soundtrack. Oh yeah, yeah. No, this game is is a lot of fun. Um, I I liked Cave Story a lot. I'm not gonna say I was an Uber fan like some people are. I, I did try to beat that like the final secret area. I don't know oh, that I, I ever forget, actually I, did. I forget I forget the name of what it is, but yeah, I've I've never beaten that. It's really long and hard. Um, but uh, I I played Ikachan and, and I'll, I'll blame Jonathan Metz here because I, I was visiting him. Right when that came out, and he was playing, like, oh, I didn't know there was a new cave, you know, game from the same guy who made Cave Story, and, and he hadn't finished it yet. That game was super short, the Ikachan game. Yeah, way short. I was yeah, so it's pissed like, off. It's like and an so hour, hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, something like that. And and uh, and so uh, I'd kind of had an eye on this game. I hadn't really been following it too closely. I guess this came out on mobile in like 2014. Um, I I think I mentioned it in my review. <laughs> Everybody go read it. Ah, yes, um, the dad brain. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, it came out, I think it came out mobile, PC, I think it came out on PS4 last year, and then it came out on Switch uh, back in August of 2018. Um, okay, and that so it wasn't just a mobile game, which I'm like, I can't imagine this yeah. game being played on a mobile device. I, just, yeah, but I, I do believe ugh. it was, a, like, there was a mobile release, there was a PC release, and I think it kind of saw a lot of iterations over time. Uh, so the game that did come out on Switch, like, kind of has everything that was added to it, which is, which is really cool because it's another game that's on the shorter side. It is, um, but, yeah. So John, but, Johnny had tweeted out that, like, oh, at least this game is longer than, you know, Ikachan. I was like, okay, well, that, that was my main concern, so I'll, yeah. I'll check this out. Um, not that much longer than Ikachan. I, I think I probably spent four hours, and that was with some deaths. So I, I yeah. didn't really time it. Um, yeah, that was again, about. As a baby, I get interrupted. Uh, as a baby, <laughs> I, well, I am a big baby. That that is true, but uh, uh, it, it's hard to have a long play session without having to set down the, the the console for a while. I usually play, you know, handheld. Yeah, I think I think I clocked because uh, I'll I'll try to be a little bit more uh, workmanlike about noting how much time I actually played and. Uh, I, I think it took me three between three and four hours to play through it. But then you unlock those different ways to play through it, where there's like a remixed version that the levels are not like they, they still it still follows the same structure, but it's it's like one of those nice remixed hard modes, um, and that that's basically another three four hours. And then there's oh, okay. there's even a hard mode on top of that, although that's just the original version again. Um, and there's even like some kind of like funny story conceits for the second mode, um, but it's like I, I I just I like the design of this game. It just it just felt fun to play. I think that I think that Pixel does a good job at, at nailing uh, jumping and shooting a gun while jumping. 
because those are those are both things in Cave Story and Carol Blaster that I enjoyed a lot. I feel like this game is a little bit floatier than I'd like in the jump, but it's mostly with the jetpack. Yeah, and that's probably intentional. I just I, I'm not sure I ever grew to like that second jump. I feel like I just sort of tolerated and managed it. Um, I don't remember having that problem with Cave Story with. And again, they're, I mean, they had guns that let you hover in that yeah. and stuff. So, I mean, I, yeah, that's, maybe that's, apples and oranges. That's the one thing that I kind of miss is I do love in Cave Story how you can just shoot the ground and hover. Uh, you can't do that in Carol Blaster, for better or worse. Yeah. Yeah, this game's a lot of fun. I, it's probably worth $10. I'm not going to say I felt it was a great price at $10, but I haven't checked out the kind of the remix mode. So um, I'll, I'll probably check that out, you know, when I feel like playing this game again. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's fair. I mean, it, it's more than an hour and a half, so I, I can't really fault the $10 price point. Yeah. I'm sure it'll go on sale, though, at some point. Well, well, I think it's about an 8 out of 10, if you were to ask me. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I... I I, I don't think it, 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 it if you're okay with playing a three hour fun little romp it's it's totally worth it but if you think that three hours is too short then maybe don't get it I wouldn't say don't get it I'd, I'd say wait until it's uh, the right price for you I mean, yeah. I, I'd rather a three hour really fun game than uh, a Xenoblade 2 or, or a Xenoblade X so um, <laughs> yeah I, I'd say get it if it's the kind of game that you're interested in if it's you know, if ten dollars is too steep, it, it, I'm guarantee you the game will go on sale at some point. I'm pretty sure yeah. Cave Story, uh, you know, went on sale, was frequently on sale. I mean, it, it'll happen. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Or, or maybe on sale more frequently on other platforms too. But. Yeah. Actually, I want to say it was pr- this. This keeps on happening whenever there's a new Switch game that I will see like a game that is about to come out on Switch go on sale on on PlayStation or something. I want to say that happened yeah. to Carol Blaster. So, good chance if you keep an eye out, you can get it for under ten bucks. Cool. Well, there there is uh, that hint question, and uh, so apparently there was a a kind of standalone demo that isn't quite full featured. It's kind of a almost a prequel or something or a side story and uh, that game is a pink hour it's a standalone thing I don't know if you can still download that or not I I do not know either but yeah I like I remember when this game was announced and wanting to check it out and I'm glad that I got to check it out also it has cats yeah that's that's a great thing and you're a frog you're a frog janitor it's a good time yeah yeah, I I meant to bring that up before (laughs) Just like Cave Story, it has its own weird vibe to it, and yeah. you play as a, as a janitor, sort of, really more like like a cleanup crew for paranormal activities. It seems like, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you're this frog dude, and he plays cleanup duty. And I, I don't know what the company does. I guess it's intentionally left kind of ambiguous. Um, not clear to me whether like they maintain infrastructure or what but uh, you're going around like cleaning up stuff going transporting from place to place so I I don't know <laughs> I just I don't know but there are cats yep cats and frogs yep only one frog though so maybe you're <laughs> a really important janitor <laughs> all right well that was I chose this before it was requested but it was also requested by E. Mayer, E. Meyer, um, and I did not choose songs that he requested just because I'd already 
chosen the lineup, but I'll probably sneak in a few of those requests uh, in the background here. Another listener request coming up next. That's another one that I, I don't know what it is, but maybe I reviewed it a month ago. <laughs> Who knows? You reviewed a lot of games. I do. I do. Even even being a dad has not has not kept me down. It's basically what I do in my free time at this point. Calling me out for not doing much as a dad myself. <laughs> Thanks, Neil. I'm sorry. I'm lazy. I wish I could be. Write angry letters to me about how you want more episodes of this made. <laughs> or don't. Whatever.
That was upbeat enough for me. Yeah, I liked it. I would, once again, not sure what it is, but maybe the hint question will lead me to victory. Well, I don't know about that. (laughs) My hint writing skills are pretty crummy, to be honest. Uh, Near the beginning of this game, what are you asked to pick and then name? I think it's an RPG, but I'm not even positive on that one. That is the correct answer. <laughs> it is an RPG. <laughs> but I'm not even sure it is. Now, it's Harvest Moon, a wonderful oh, life for GameCube. Okay. So it's, it's sort of RPG. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, I mean, you were, you were essentially role-playing a farming simulator, sort of. Yeah. It's, it's kind of in that area. Uh, yeah, this is the GameCube Harvest Moon game. I don't know if there was more than one. I think that was the good one, from what I know. The only yeah, a lot of people seem to like that one. Although I mean, I watched the beginning, you know, a playthrough of the beginning of this. It's like I guess I just don't have the patience for these kind of games anymore. Yeah. I don't. I I don't know. I, I think I just don't have patience in general anymore. Um, <laughs> so I, I go back to my like I want just a pick up and play platformer. Damn it. Yeah. Um, you know, but I mean, this game has a very slow start. You, you know, you're you're taking over the old farm and little kid and i guess you have some sort of mentors like let me show you where you're <laughs> here's where i stay and here is where you are. i mean he's not actually talking it's text, yeah. but the pace of the beginning is oh my god oh and here's two there are two stray dogs here uh, why don't you pick one because i don't like dogs so only one name it like i i have some we we era experience with uh, the harvest moon and also there, there was a rune factory game on Wii that i played as well i want to say rune factory frontier and then harvest moon there was uh tree of tranquility on Wii and then animal parade which i did not play quite as much but my wife lauren got very very deep into both of those games and I think the answer to when is there a time to play Harvest Moon, uh, that, that answer is college. Um, because, like, that was, like, Lauren put dozens and dozens of hours into those two Harvest Moon games. And then once we got out of college, she's never touched a Harvest Moon game ever again. (laughs) 
Um, I even got her for for when she went on maternity leave. I bought her Stardew Valley, and even she she barely touched that. Um, but well, then I was ahead of the curve. I I just played Animal Crossing a little bit, and I'm like, not for me. Eh. <laughs> well, at least I have some NES ROMs in here. That's kind of nice. I'll keep the game. Yeah. Nice. Weird. Weirdly, Lauren totally turned off by Animal Crossing because the animals freak her out, which like I can't really disrespect. Like, that's why she likes Harvest Moon, is, like, they're, they are humanoid characters, not weird animals that come up to you and are like, Hey, man, did you get my mail? <laughs> but I do, like, I, I am pretty sure that the, this GameCube game is one of the good Harvest Moon games. Um, it it's, is. It's a and, and there was a port for PlayStation 2, but yeah. from what I read, it was not a very good port. Yeah, and I think there was a PSP version, too, maybe? I don't know. Uh, it was re-released for PS4. I know that. So oh, they I don't know if it was like a just like a direct port or emulation or if anything. It looked like it was at least running in higher definition from what I could tell when I looked at it. But I believe that the um, PS2 games on PS4 are like upscaled to, to okay. run better on the PS4. Um, yeah, at least on the PS2, the complaints were I think like long load times and uh, muddy graphics. So I, I don't know if one or both of those things are improved for the PS4 release or not. But to, to tie this into uh, modern games a little bit, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Yasuhiro Wada was probably still working on the series back during this game. Uh, he just had a game come out on Switch last month called Little Dragon's Cafe that uh, we, have a, we have a review up on the site and some, some, other, some video coverage too from David Lloyd. Um, that game looks really cool. Like it's uh, you, you raise a dragon and also a cafe. Um, as the title might in- imply, and it, it seems like it's very charming and cute, although it probably still has the same pacing issues of these old Harvest Moon games. Yeah, it depends on what you're looking for. I don't know if the pacing issues are issues unless it's not what you're into. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I don't know if that I would want something that's called a farming, that, that is described as a farming simulator being super snappy. I think I'm just not interested in a farming simulator. Yeah. That's why. That's part of the reason why I haven't really touched Stardew Valley at all. I'm sure, like, I believe the hype of Stardew Valley. I just don't think I'm really in the mood to play that kind of game right now. Maybe I will be someday. I mean, I have it now on my Switch, so it's there. <laughs> I'm not interested in playing it, but I already bought it. Yeah, yeah. Lindemann Syndrome has is, is, uh, got its teeth <laughs> into you. Hey, hey, I bought, it, I bought it for my wife to celebrate our baby, and then she never even played it, so... Or she played it, like, twice, I think. I don't know. Well, uh, as I said in the preview, I am trying to be better about citing the uh, composers when I can find out who they are. So, uh, the two composers uh, were Nakajima Dai and Utsumi Rudi. So, uh, I don't know what else they've done. Maybe other Harvest Moon games. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Oh, and what's the hint question? That was a stray dog. You okay. get to choose one or two stray dogs. Oh. And then cute. after that, you walk over to the barn with the cow, and you have to name the cow. You know, exciting stuff. <laughs> really exciting stuff, guys. I mean, there were, there were some nice cows in those games.
I'm probably just confusing people with that song. Just gonna say that out loud. Yeah, I, I I do not really have, I don't have a total bead on a specific game with that one. game's villain to which other famous gaming baddie? I don't know. I feel like I probably should. I probably wrote this review. I have no idea. Uh, 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 uh,
think I'm going to stump you again here, Neil. I think you got me. Um, I feel like if I, I might be able to figure out the hint question if I hear the name of the game, but yeah, I can't think of what this game could be. This is Ham Taro Ham Ham Heartbreak for the Game oh, Boy Advance. Oh, God. That's, that's a treasure game, isn't it? I don't know who made this game. I, I should look that up. Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because it's Nintendo published, isn't it? It is Nintendo published. Oh, it certainly God. has a very nice visual style to it. It, it, it actually it really looks impressive. Yeah, Nintendo published. It was Pax Sofnica, which is uh, they also did Mole Mania. Oh, wow. That's um, a good game. Miyamoto is a producer on it. Yeah, I, I don't know that our site gave it a glowing review overall as a game, but uh, Ty Sugart was very enamored by the villain of this game, uh, Spat, the hamster, who he said is very similar to Kafka. You know, favorably compared him to Kafka as, as kind of a, <laughs> a, a legendary troll-type villain. Um and uh, we're checking out his review for a few highlights of that. Uh, this game actually looks really good. And um, it, it has nice big sprite artwork. And it, it kind of has this... Um, it, it's an adventure game. Um, from what I can tell, I'm not even sure there's any like battles in it. Maybe there are. I, I don't know. It's mostly exploration and you know finding other hamsters to talk to and solve problems. That sort of a thing. Um, but at least in some of the scenes, they have this effect where like the camera... Uh, it looks, you know, the, the sprite is really close to the camera, so there's this kind of a false uh, trick to do depth. And, and just watching, I thought, you know, this would probably look really good on a 3DS if they had uh, re-released it with, um, you know, with, with the 3D feature on the screen. It would look really cool with like a diorama type thing going on. Um, but yeah, you, you go around and you're, you're learning various ham chats, as they call it in the game. I, I don't know if it's like a lingo that is also used in the TV show or whether they invented this stuff. Um, they probably borrowed at least a little bit. Uh, kind of like silly ways of, you know, saying hello. and That's how you interact with things and people. You know? So instead of saying dig, it's like, it's dig dig. Or, you know, things like that, right? Some um, more straightforward to figure out than others. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's what this game is. And apparently there's this really, really evil uh, villain who does appear in the anime, but apparently only in Japan, because he uh, he wear the, wears a devil costume complete with, like, pitchfork. <laughs> and uh, I, I guess that had to be censored out for a kid's show in, in the U.S., go figure. Um, so he does appear in, in, in this U.S. game. He's central to the game, but uh, he's not invented for this game, apparently. It's just uh, he's featured. Because he's probably a very popular villain in Japan. Yeah. Uh, for fans of the series, at least. Yeah, it looks like it, it came out uh, came out in 2002 in Japan and then was came out worldwide in 2003. Um, I do feel... I it, it did sound like a Game Boy Advance soundtrack, so I'm glad I kind of was accurate on that. It weirdly kind of reminded... Like, I... It... It almost kind of reminded me of, like, the Mario and Luigi soundtracks, to which I was actually looking up the composer, and the composer isn't really credited on any other game. Um, but... Yeah, it's a, the, the yeah. composer of this game is Satoko Yokota. I, I don't... Maybe that's a composer for the, the TV show. Maybe yeah. Maybe that's what's going on there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it certainly has a very nice appeal, so... I mean, they captured the look of Hamtaro and 
you know, it's a very cute game. So yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't know that it stands the test of time or whether it's actually fun to play, but um, it was pleasing to the eye, uh, which you can't say about every uh, GBA game. Yeah, a quick glance at other reviews, it seems like we were the we were the low end. Everybody else seemed to really, oh, really? like it. Um, but th- this might be a game that if you ever want to check it out, you might have to try to hunt down the original cartridge or or resort to emulation because I I would imagine probably Nintendo re-releasing a Hamtaro game uh, that was a Game Boy Advance game 16 years ago probably isn't gonna happen. Um, which is kind of a shame, because I've always heard this game was kind of cool. So, yeah, well, you know, tie is tie. It's not a fighting game, so... (laughs) Five points uh, deducted for that, right? Yeah. We got one last game here. All right. that game and i like it a lot (laughs) second song oh by the way i I forgot to mention that uh, harvest moon a wonderful life was requested by antviklund which i probably messed up the name pronouncing it again i'm pretty sure i was told how to pronounce it and i've forgotten over the last two years or whatever sorry
I really like this soundtrack. I do too. I do too. Uh, the hint question here for the listeners at home or on the road, wherever you may be. What is the name of this game's grappling hook? tell everyone what game this is and how great it is so uh what game is this and why is it so great uh this is the messenger it's great because it's um it feels a lot like ninja gaiden in all the best ways um namely the movement and and the way the way your ninja character moves around but it's not punishingly difficult um yeah it it has a really good sense of movement there's this concept in the game called cloud stepping where when you attack an enemy or a projectile or like a lantern, um, you get an extra jump. And you can use that along with the different power-ups you get, or get along the way, like the, uh, the Ninja Dart, um, which is the name of its, the game's grappling hook. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's a rope dart. Oh, uh, rope, da- rope dart. Uh, the, the rope dart. Um, uh, you can kind of like dance around the screen. And the game's designed in a way that you can just kind of take it slow and, and go through every jump a little more methodically, but there's always that option to just kind of try to use your jumps to get across and mix it up with the other uh, the other things that you unlock. And then there's also the whole hook that the first half of the game Well, is... okay, wait, before we go any further, right. um, I saved this game for last partly because of people don't want to be spoiled about stuff they can just stop right now and listen to this later yeah um the messenger rocks you should go play it okay spoilers <laughs> now um so it's got the hook where it's a linear game um where you well at first you go through and it's just like 8-bit throwback style 
and then you get to a certain point, and then your character goes into the future, and the graphics are now 16-bit. And then after ish. a little, yeah, yeah, ish. I mean, both the, both the the eight and the the sixteen bit stuff are both are both heavy ishes. Not yeah. exactly. <laughs> they're inspired by. Um, but yeah, there, there's a there's a more NES inspired look, and then you go to the future in the the story of the game, and it's a more Super Nintendo inspired look. And this is all linear as you're going level through level, and then when you get to a certain point in the game, then the entire every level that you've gone through, you can now explore through in Metroidvania-like fashion. Um, and it's just, like, it's a really good twist, and it's like, opens up the game in ways that I was already having a great time with it on the linear portion, and then when it opened up, it became one of my favorite games of the year, and possibly one of my favorite games of the last five years. If it weren't for the fact that Celeste came out this year, um, it would be a runaway favorite for my personal game of the year, but Ooh. I also really love Celeste. Yeah, Celeste is pretty darn good. Um, so, I, I actually don't have... I really like this game, but integrated over time, I disagree with a 10 out of 10, which is what you gave it. Um, it's a... I, the first half of this game is a 10 out of 10 for me, and I actually really don't like the Metroidvania aspect of this game. I didn't buy this game knowing that it would be a Metroidvania, and it kind of... Well, it's weird. First, I did a Google search just wanting to see what platforms it was on, and of course, like the, the stupid summaries in the Google search result uh, mentioned that it's a Metroidvania. In the second, I'm like, thanks for ruining that for me, Google. See, uh, <laughs> that really pissed me off. Uh, but then when I actually got there, um, I don't. I just. I don't. I feel like it takes way too long to to traverse the world, and I kept going through the same things. Or like, sometimes I went to like the place too early, and I want to transfer go back and forth. So I, I feel like I'm turning into Guillaume here, but um, from, from Radio Free Nintendo, but I I feel like I like Metroidvania, but I, maybe I, I've been exposed to it enough that I just, I, I don't want the filler, and, and I, I felt like whenever I opened up a new area in this game, it was fun again. And there are, are several new areas you unlock. Um, I mean, brand new areas as well as, you know, corners of the level that you probably didn't know were there, but... yeah. I just, I just found a real chore to trudge through because the warp points from your central hub headquarters are are kind of dispersed and, and not all of them are accessible until you you know unlock them from the other side. And I, I just I just got kind of annoyed with the game for a while. There was a good maybe hour, hour and a half where I was just like, God damn it, couldn't you just give me more levels and not done this bullshit? Um, did you um did you buy any of the upgrades to have like um they had like the kind of the map upgrades that would show you yeah, where. Yeah, that was the first thing I did. So. Okay, okay, I did the I did the same thing, um, and I think that helped me enjoy the second half. I I totally see where you're coming from. I think what what made what alleviated that for me is I I just like moving around this world, and I I, I did get to the point where I was kind of noticing. I'm like, I'm kind of going over these same spots a lot, but I was just having a really good time with it. There is one that I will I will specifically bag on. How so? You have the starting ninja village that like you inexplicably have to go back to like three oh, times. God, yeah, and that that was a little much. Um, yeah, but, that was that was the worst part. But there were a couple yeah. that partly it's because I maybe I'm bad at exploring Metroidvania or but uh, there was like the catacombs. I just I felt like I went through there way too many times because I found the dark cave before I could do yep, anything there. Yeah, and, yeah, I did that too. I, I don't know. So so there are just some things about this game that. 
like that. Mostly it's, it's that that brought it down a lot. I'd say there was a good story. So I'm like, this part of the game is a 7 out of 10. You know, this is what I was thinking in my yeah. mind. And uh, it's really unfortunate because it is a lot of fun to play. Uh, it's beautiful. It sounds great. Um, all the mechanics, what you said about the difficulty curve is spot on. And I, I joke that this is a sequel to um, Haggleman 3 from... Game Center CX, but it, that's actually kind of what it is. I mean, that, yeah, that that was that was a very good tweet. <laughs> that game took Ninja Gaiden, which is a game I you know I never played that as a kid, and I played you know an NES uh, version. What was uh, I don't was I played one or two, but played one on Virtual Console. And was like I like this in concept, but it's way too hard. And yeah, just like this game, Game Center CX uh, takes the spirit, but makes uh, the difficulty curve a bit more sane. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, um, like I, I mean, the boss battles are really good in this game. Yeah, like I, I come from a weird, weird standpoint with Ninja Gaiden. I would, I would consider myself like mediocre at best with the majority of games. Um, I, I spent probably like days of my life in the, in, like when I was growing up playing Ninja Gaiden one and two on NES. So, I my skills have atrophied a little bit with them, but like I beat both of those games legitimately when I was like ten. Wow. That is impressive. Um, and, and there was a lot of trial and error, and I had the time to do trial and error. But, like, so when people talk about how hard the Ninja Gaiden games are, like, for me, they're just because I have, even even if I, like, I don't think, I, I think when I, I did sit down, it was, yeah, the, the first Ninja Gaiden on NES was on the NES Classic. I sat down and I got about, like, uh, more than halfway through that. Um... I mean, like, I still died a bunch, but I got more than halfway through that before I hit a point where I'm like, eh, maybe I'm just going to stop. But, like, I just, I, I still have that kind of sense memory of how to play that game. So whenever I hear people talk about how it's so hard, it's it's just weird because there's, there's like, I think that older Mega Man games are harder because I kind of came to that series late. Whereas Ninja Gaiden, to me, has always been still hard, just not as difficult as I, I think it gets a reputation for, at least for me. That's fair. That's fair. And like I said, I don't want to bag on Mester too much because it's a great game. Yeah. I just, I think that, um, I mean, I have a theory. Maybe it's just execution wasn't good as I'd like, but maybe it's that because the linear action stuff they have for the first go through is so good that that kind of clashes a little bit with the Metroidvania when you revisit it. Just level design is maybe skewed more towards having fun the first time. I just feel like it gets old going through the same thing over and over again. Um, and I think that's also compounded by there aren't really many upgrades that make you feel more powerful once you get to that Metroidvania part. Um, I mean, I guess it depends on what you've upgraded up to that point, but it, yeah. it's not like some of the better like Metroid games where you come back to an old area, but you've got such a better arsenal and, and, and more agility, like with like the you know the space jump or the the screw attack whatever that you just go back and you feel like a god it's it still feels like pretty much the same game every time you go there so i do think in the the earlier levels um when you go back to that because there's some levels where like you didn't have the the rope dart or the well i guess you get the hover ability really early but like you didn't have all of these you weren't maxed out um in the first couple levels so going back to them with all these different abilities I think there's more depth there, but I do think in going to some of the places that you had just completed um, right before you got to the Metroidvania part, I think that some of revisiting those aren't as exciting, but I also don't think the game really makes you go back to some of those levels that much. Um, the other thing that, that kind of 
annoyed me about this game. Uh, maybe you didn't have this problem, but I found that the frame rate in the, in the second or the last third of the game, maybe the frame rate really goes down. I'm not sure exactly what was happening, but there were rooms where I'd say it was like 10 frames to a second. Were you playing on the TV or handheld? I was playing in handheld. Okay. I, Almost I know. entirely. I, I've seen with some games where I play I play most of my games. I mean, maybe this is maybe this is a dad thing about how we both play a lot of our games in handheld mode. I occasionally run into the thing where like, oh, it ran fine for me in handheld, and then someone will tell me that it ran like crap for them on the TV. Um, it feels like it maybe the same the thing in reverse, but it, it was yeah. it was a real dog for something. I was like, well, is it because I've been playing the same game and there's a memory leak? And but I mean, I don't know. This next room is pretty smooth, so. I, I don't know. I, uh, I also ran into a weird bug at one point with one of the bosses where um, like I grappled as I was falling into the water and it, I, I didn't die, die, but I'm not on the screen anymore and I can't seem to get hurt. So it's like it didn't register that yeah. it should have taken me back to the save point. Um, I, I've I definitely... had to exit, the, you know, I had to push start and exit the entire yeah. Um, menu. I was so scared to have to play back from the beginning of the area, but fortunately, it spawned me at the last uh, checkpoint. Yeah, it, it's it's a it, it's got good checkpointing. I ran into like I've seen a lot more clips of weirder bugs than I experienced. I, I do remember. I think I had one where I think like I went up through the floor, um, but then I was able to like I think I went to the next screen over and then was able to jump out of the floor. So, so my recommendation for that is also buy the hint. Um, yeah. That, that, that's one thing I didn't do because someone's like, oh, I know what they're talking about there. I was good. And it turns out I was wrong, and I traversed like a huge area that was kind of wasted effort. Yeah. Um, so even if you wind up buying something and it's redundant, I, I think it's worth doing just to avoid that kind of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely I. I like that the, the concept of the Nintendo Super Guide lives on. Um, that's something that I've always really enjoyed seeing happen in games. That like, yeah, you you can just try to figure out the clue, but there's an in-game option to be like, okay, if you just want to know where it is, this is this is where it is. Um, now, one of those actually, I, I think they should fix in a patch where it says, oh, you got to talk to this one guy. And like, I talked to him, it didn't work. Yeah. I, I pushed up at what I thought was the right symbol. It didn't work. Turns out I had to push up in like the door that's between the symbol and then okay, well, yeah, that's dumb. And then that could be patched easily, I'm sure. Yeah. And then just little things like that. That that is a weird, weird quirk, but but uh, yeah, the, the I don't think it's a very good Metroidvania game. Sorry, I, I just I don't. I think it's a great action game. I think the Metroidvania, if there is a lacking part of it, um, I, like I think the action component is better than the Metroidvania stuff, but I don't know. It I love it works very well for me. Um, I and, love the concept, yeah. and, and if I hadn't been spoiled by a damn Google search and, <laughs> and like Metacritic summary or whatever it was that had that summary in it as part of the Google search result, um, I, I think it might have been more impactful. I that's that's one of those things where like I weighed that because my my review like straight up mentions that it's a turns into a Metroidvania halfway through, and that's that's a little bit like everything that they've marketed about this game for six months has been this is what happens halfway through. Um, so, like, it was, like, for me, I I kind of made the call that, like, I think it's worth saying because I think that even if... Like, I still think that there is a surprise um, in there as far as how they handle it in, in the story because I, sure. I kind of enjoy how they do that and that was something that I didn't really expect. Um, but... 
like it, it was just a hard thing to juggle because like it, it's the equivalent of I remember with Super Mario 3D Land on 3DS. For the review for that, we could not mention that, <laughs> that there were eight more worlds after <laughs> you beat the game. Huh? Yep. Yeah, so, like, I think if you could probably still go back to my review of Super Mario 3D Land on, on 3DS. Um, it's, like, it's so good! There are eight worlds. And maybe more? Like, because as part of the embargo, we could not say that those worlds were there. And I could wow. get that, like, that's a, that, like, that's a really nice surprise if you go into it and you don't know about it. But it's right. hard to write that as being, like, this game is very good because of this thing that I can't talk about. Because Super Mario 3D Land, if you were to just play those first eight worlds, it's kind of not great. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, but uh, that, that's silly. I don't know. But for me, it's like I played it. I didn't know much about it. I played it at at the indie event at E3. I said, "Yeah, this is a great game. I'm going to buy it." I kind of did my own blackout for myself because I knew I was going to buy the game. Yeah. And uh, and so I'm just sort of pissed that that's, you know, while I'm playing the game, and I'm like, huh, I wonder, is this a Switch exclusive? You know, you do a quick Google search and, you know. <laughs> but I, I, I don't fault it for being called out in the review. I just wish it weren't in that, it wasn't, hadn't been that summary. Yeah. I, I don't know how you realistically do that. Um, yeah. I, I think you have to reveal that it's, in the, uh, that there's a Metroidvania aspect within the review because a lot of people, some people don't like that kind of game and yeah. um, if they're looking to decide whether they want to buy this game or not based on the reviews uh, you are kind of doing a disservice if you don't um, disclose that you know um, for me it was like oh this is a good action game I had a lot of fun with it um, I'm going to buy this so I you know I kind of missed that day you know when I'm a little kid and there was no internet and you just got this game and you play through it and, and things like that surprise you that can be really impactful that kind of stuff it can blow your mind that, that's why even even with a lot of these games coming to switch the reports like for example Carol Blaster I had not really seen much more than maybe like a minute trailer a couple years ago on Carol Blaster I just got to a point where I'm like oh it's a new pixel game yeah if that comes to a Nintendo platform I'll probably buy it um, so that was it was kind of a fresh experience for me I did not know that there was a new game like a remixed remixed version of the original game when when I when I played through it and beat it. Um, so like that was a nice surprise. And I, I I definitely I I see where you're coming from with the blackout idea of a lot of games. Because you get to a point where you're like, nah, I'm probably just gonna get this. Yeah, if you already know you're gonna get it, I I say just Yeah. At the expense of maybe, you know, some site clicks for our website, NintendoWorldReport.com, go there. Um the, I think I think there is value. If you've already decided, uh, you know, don't spoil things for yourself. If, yeah. if you don't know, then yeah, read stuff. Make your decision yeah. informed. But you know, when it's like, hey, there's a new Mario game, and it's like, well, if I'm really excited about it and I'm having fun looking at the new stuff, I'll, I'll look at it. But if you know, at some point, I'm like, yeah, I know I'm going to get this. I'm just going to surprise That's myself. Twitter Twitter was a, a hellish minefield when Odyssey came out because. Um, like, if you did not beat that game in a weekend, then people were like, Look at this cool secret! I'm gonna tweet it! And it's like, come on, man. Like, it's been, it's, it's yeah. been like two days. Don't show me the end game of this game. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have to think folks like me and aren't happy about that kind of stuff going yeah. on. But you can't, it, it is what it is, you can't change it. You know, yeah. That's one reason they didn't integrate social media for a long time, I'm sure, was was the game designers over in Nintendo saying, I don't want to give people an easy way to, you know, spoil my ex the experience for others. I, and, I, and I totally get that. Yeah, that's why, it, I mean, as it's, old school it, as that is. 
it's interesting seeing uh, this current Smash Brothers, um, Smash Brothers Ultimate, with how Sakurai basically said, like, you're going to know every character before the game comes out. Because I think that they they used to try to, with, with you know, Melee, I mean, I, I believe we broke the Melee character list back in the day. Um, even if, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I think I've heard bits and pieces of the full story. It's a doozy. Maybe, maybe Johnny will finish the book and we'll find out. Um, oh, but then I should with, ask him about that book. <laughs> with with Brawl and Smash Brothers on on Wii U and 3DS, like they 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 would always try to like hide the fact that certain characters were in it. Like if I do recall, and this was this was like right when I started at at Nintendo World Report, but I think with Smash Brothers Brawl, they were like you can't mention Snake in the review, um, even though Snake had been revealed or, or something ridiculous like that. Um, but I, I think it's I think it's best in this in how in how social media and everything is now like try to handle the announcements when you can which is right. an- announce everything like a couple weeks before December 7th when the new Smash Brothers comes out and that's also when we find out about like every Pokemon before the new Pokemon game comes out well I'm uh, I'm getting a little pooped and uh, I bet you are too so why don't we wrap this up? Thank you, Neil, for co-hosting, and uh, uh, I don't know, just just being there for me. You know? <laughs> I always I always love doing radio trivia. So whenever you whenever you want to bubble up and, and do a radio trivia, uh, always hit me up. All right, uh, you can at least for now continue to read Neil's reviews at <laughs> NintendoWorldReport.com. God bless you, sir. Yeah, I. I have made the offhand remark that at the pace that I've been doing reviews this year, because when I when I took up the reviews editor mantle after I stepped down from director, which which I will admit is a Metzian move, um, I was like, oh, this will be nice. Like, I'll I'll do some stuff with the Switch games. I'll, I'll work with reviews, and then like 30 games came out a week for the entire year. Um, so I regret it a little bit. I'm having fun, but I do think that like in a year. I'm just going to play retro games and no longer write modern reviews. Like, I'm pretty sure that's where this is leading to, is that I'm just going to, like, become a hermit with my child and, like, be like, wow, I'm just, I'm just going to play the Super Nintendo now. That's it. I hear you. <laughs> I totally hear you there. But yeah, go go check out the reviews. I'm I've been dabbling a lot with video reviews. I'm working on some cool video features. Just uh, I think it's just I have I've got my my creative juices flowing with some things. I I did one thing that I did enjoy doing related to the messenger and something similar that will happen with Toe Jam and Earl, which ties into the games here is uh, I I did a I talked to the developers from the messenger and then kind of made this feature that. Uh, was a little bit of a retrospective on Ninja Gaiden while also talking about how Ninja Gaiden influenced the messenger. Um, and I'm really proud of how that turned out. There's a video version too. And yeah, as I, as I talked about earlier, there's going to be a similar video like that for Toe Jam and Earl. And I, I have a couple other things kind of in, you know, waiting in various states of waiting for replies from developers and stuff. Um, cool. I'm, like, I'll uh, check that out. Uh, I, I haven't seen that. That sounds like a awesome feature. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed doing it. The, another one that I'll mention, um, as someone who is one of the four people that loves Warriors Woods, uh, apparently <laughs> I found one of the other people, and they're making this game called Treasure Stack that's coming out on Switch later in the year. So I should be doing a cool feature about 
Warrior's Woods and how it influenced this cool-looking ninja game treasure stack. Um, so I'll be, I'll keep on doing stuff until, until my child overwhelms my life and I retire. Yes, well, uh, I'm sure there's some lovely uh, song from the messenger in the background that I'm going to be bringing up <laughs> for the end of the episode. There's so many good songs. Um, if, if you want to hear more of those, by the way, uh, Rainbow Dragon Eyes does have the, the, the soundtrack up on Bandcamp, although it's split into two albums. So just warning you there. I, uh, I have, you can get the soundtrack for, for that game. I, I, and I've not heard it yet, but apparently they got, uh, I think it's Kichi Yamashi. Uh, the, the composer for the original Ninja Gaiden also did some songs inspired by The Messenger. Which I have not heard yet, but I plan to because I, I love that Ninja Gaiden soundtrack. So it's not in the game; it's just inspired by the game. I think so. Like, like this is something I have yet to investigate yet. So, so everybody go investigate that. All right. Well, good night, everyone. All right. Bye. Thank you for having me. Copyright 1991 JVP Sega. Tarot Blaster is copyright 2014 Studio Pixel. Harvest Moon A Wonderful Life is copyright 2004 Marvelous Interactive Natsume. Ham Taro Ham Ham Heartbreak is copyright 2003 Nintendo Ritsuko Kawaii. The Messenger is copyright 2018 Sabotage Studio. Rainbow Dragon Eyes.